Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Phil Nesbitt joins to talk about getting inspiration in a pizza joint, going out way too fast, balancing expectations of being competitive while maintaining a career and building a family, and his audacious plans for the future. And he starts us off with a little bit about Mike Weldon. But first, it's a new year. And at the end of 2017, I issued a uh, Patreon challenge. Four intrepid listeners stepped up to bring our total to 24. That's pretty huge, 24. That's almost as many as there are miles in a marathon. Whoa. So, I'd like to welcome the newest set of supporters, uh, Ken and Emily, or is it uh, Kemily Flag, Jim Moraine, and Adam Bruner, and Joe Diebold. Thanks to each of you for helping end 2017 with a bang and get 2018 off on the right foot. You know, if everyone listening followed their example and became a supporter at even like two bucks a person, my kids could run on rose petals at the finest running camps in the country, drink sparkling water at the aid stations, and have crystal ice cubes served to them by Mike Vallone. Um, So, you know, consider becoming a supporter. Wouldn't you want that for your kids? I mean, come on. Also, I mentioned some cool stuff coming up this year, and here's the first. Want to give props to a friend who had a great run or a race? Want to rep your run crew or tell everyone about a cool race or event that you did? Um, or even if you just want to tell the world your general thoughts and feelings about someone or something, try shouting inside out. It's a way you, the listener, can get your message on the podcast and out to the world without being a guest or being a full-fledged sponsor. An extra bonus, you can help support the podcast at the same time. So if you'd like to send a message to someone, you can head out to runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash shoutinsideout or find the link in the show notes. And so here is our first uh, Shout Inside Out message. This shout out is for Goose Adventure Racing and it is from Jeffrey Macbeth. So, hey Goose. Thank you for bringing a personal touch to encouraging adventure and building community. That's it. Simple. My my thought is that Jeffrey's really talking about the Frozen Assets snowshoe race that happened uh, this uh, January 4th, but also all the other events Goose does too. Just a nice little personal touch that they they do. They... uh, Got a hand concierge service that brings you from the bottom of the mountain up to the top. So you should check that out in one of their races. Um, tell Rob Feisner that, uh, I don't know, um, Jeff Green sent you. So, um, all right. And uh, along with the new year, there's one more thing. This is like announcements day. Uh, there's a new release of the Trails Rock app. Now, if you've had this app before, you know that it is the 
absolute best resource for finding and navigating the trails in the Rochester area. I mean, there's there's nothing else that even comes close. And this is what you should give to all of your friends that are asking, where do I run? It's a free app, um, and it it's just it's great. And the new version is just so pretty. Trails Rock 2.0 is just so nice. My favorite new feature is the ability to highlight specific points of interest, um, like parking lots or shelters or trailheads. Um, even exact segments of a trail, you can highlight, click it, and then you can share that exact location out to people uh, through a text link. And they don't even need the app to view the link. So if you want to tell them to meet you at a specific port, uh, port, yeah, I don't think we actually have like Ontario trails. But uh, if you want to have them mute you at a point on a trail, you can just click that point of the trail and say, here, uh, meet me here at this thing. And they can click it and uh, go. Um, additionally... There's a uh, Trails Rock sticker pack as well. So you can share your Trails Rock love in text messages with friends. Um, you know, you send a little Trails Rock logo or the I Believe Orange or there's little cool, um, the logos from the races are out there. It's very neat. So check it out in the iOS App Store. Um, Android update coming soon. And of course, you can find a link in the show notes. And with that, Let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. I was hoping we could just spend an hour talking about Mike Weldon. <laughs> I think I think we could start there. So give me give me your general thoughts on Mike Weldon. Uh, he's phenomenal. He definitely kicked my ass this year at Zero SPF. Uh, it was nice to see. Because we've had a lot of battles in the past, and last year uh, zero SPF in 2016, we actually ran together pretty much the whole race. And the last, I remember, you know, coming down the last section, uh, we, we were, I was kind of encouraging. I'm like, "Come on, Mike, we can do this." And, and then I, you know, I put in a good kick, and I managed to eke him out by a little bit. But this year, he never even gave me a chance. <laughs> we ran together with uh, with Mints for a little bit, and. Man, those guys just, after a few miles, they just started opening it up. So I was chasing the whole rest of the race. That's weird because you've had you've had wins at SPF, right? I have had a win there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had, uh, the first year Eric put it on, I, I won. Um, and it was kind of funny because that was just as I was getting into trail racing. So I showed up, and the deal was I tried to register too late. So Eric sent me an email. He's like, if you can get me a volunteer, you can race. So I brought my wife along to volunteer. Nice. And she's like, well, how long do you think a half marathon on the trails is going to take? I was like, I don't know, maybe like an hour and a half. Somewhere in there, right? <laughs> that seems reasonable. <laughs> maybe an hour, 40 minutes, give a, you know, a little extra time for the trails. And uh, so she's volunteering at the at the finish line. And, and she's like going up towards the, 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 the line. And Eric's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, my husband should be finishing soon. He's like, there's... No chance, and it was like a few minutes later. I, I ended up. I, I ran just under two hours. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was. Uh, but I remember Eric's like, "Who?" Because he didn't know me. I didn't really know him. He's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> My wife's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I figured he'd, he'd be coming along soon." And I ended up winning that one, fortunately. So, but again, that was the first year. That was before it got some notoriety. It was a good race. So, who who's who does he think he is going to finish this? Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. And then Eric's such a nice guy. I, I, again, I didn't know him before that, so it, yeah. it was. Uh, it was <laughs> and I ended up that that day. I 
I remember I rode my bike, I used to live in Fairport, so I rode my bike over to the race, that was kind of my warm-up, um, and I was, I used to ride a lot more, so I get there, and I, I ran the race, somehow I managed to win, and then I was riding home, but it, it was like a downpour when I was going home, so that, you know, 15 or 20 minutes to get home was just totally miserable. But your wife was there, she didn't give you a ride No, home? no, the deal was, I think she had to go to work or something, so there was some reason she couldn't give me a ride, so... I was, uh, she was probably pissed off. She had to wait another 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she's, she, she has always hated the races. So I don't know. I try not to drag her along to too many, especially when you start getting into the ultras. It's not like they're not a good spectator sport. If you're not, especially if you're not, uh, into running, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember the first time I, uh, I ran with them. I think it was one of the, their cheap trail races that the, uh, the Wednesday night ones there. I remember, you know, it's like, who's this guy with the dreads? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> who is this guy? Who is this guy? That's where I met Mitch Ball, too, actually. So I was kind of, that was my foray. That was how I got into the into the trail running scene. And that's where I started really meeting some of the people, so. Was that at their Chiefs? Yeah, and that was, uh, man, that was a ways back. That was probably like 2011, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, and so and I ended up becoming really good friends with Mitch. Uh, and we can talk more about it later, but that's, he was part of the group that we ended up doing rim to rim to rim. Mm-hmm. So I know you just had him on. You had the panel conversation. Yeah, so. he was on. The, he did the panel, and he he just barely mentioned rim to rim to rim. I can't. I know. I, <laughs> I was waiting for more because it was an amazing experience. Yeah. So. so you went. So that that's sort of 2011 is when you decided to, you started getting into trail running. Yeah, from right? I was from coming from the road scene, and I had only picked up road running after high school as i was getting into college right. so and then so you bust in and you you have a bunch of wins and you end up at a place where you you go to the grand canyon and run rim to rim to rim yeah for, uh, so nice abbreviated version of it. yeah wow, okay then we're done here yeah exactly <laughs> all right have a good day <laughs> oh, so yeah. you were running you were running roads yeah um and were you, were you racing like yeah so uh quickly on how i got into the roads so i worked at pontillo's there's a pizzeria in churchill i worked there forever it's like 10 years and the guy that works there was a he's like a mentor of mine almost like a father he's a great guy he was he's the guy that owns a tim um a lot he still runs quite a bit but he for his 40th birthday i remember he wanted to do a 5k or something something stupid like that and i was like why would anybody go run 5k so but i thinking myself here i was not quite 20 and i'm thinking if somebody who's twice my age can run a 5k there's no reason i shouldn't be able to so for my training i i went and i ran one mile i figured that was probably good uh good training for a 5k <laughs> and then i signed up for the uh 10 uh, the 5k at the 10 ugly men oh. that year so um it was miserable i remember it was i i went out way too fast i ended up having to walk a little bit and it just i didn't have the right shoes I'm, i think i was running in like ba- basically basketball shoes or something like that <laughs> so but then yeah then that got me hooked so uh i always used to i don't look like it but i used to weight lift yeah uh and i realized a lot about body types i as much as i was into lifting and i just i was relatively strong for my weight but uh, I just did, never looked like I lifted weights, so yeah. I look like olive oil from Popeyes. So. <laughs> it makes me it makes me feel good because I realize that no mon- no matter how much I lift weights, my arms are never going to. Yeah, no, it. it's you can get more definition, but mm-hmm. it's you're not going to get massy, which it, it's some and some people they pick up one, pick up a weight once and they're and they're and they're shredded, but <laughs> that wasn't me. I used to lift like an hour a day, almost every day. I had a couple lifting partners, and again, I liked it. It was fun. I got pretty strong, but you know, people. Did, probably didn't notice so then i ran a couple times and i was like holy cow i think this is my calling yeah. uh i just 
realized quickly I was, I was well from that first 5k I did was like 2040 I think is what I finished in 2040 somehow man 2040 yeah I went out way too fast yeah yeah so the, but by the end of the year I'd taken three minutes off of my 5k time and like and I just realized that from what what my body type was and what I was naturally inclined to running seemed to be it I wasn't a complete slob I rode my bike quite a bit so right. it was just transitioning from a cycling type of fitness over to running running fitness there's, so. there's a lot of people you know they're gonna be like oh his first 5k 24 yeah figures. no i'm gonna ask i rode and i rode hard so it's not like i, yeah. I was just it was a couch to 5k but it was it was uh my my exposure to running was really limited right. before that well so. and as you said you found out that that's what that's what worked for you yeah right? you know yeah. so okay so you so you're down to a 17 minute 5k first year of running uh yeah and the, like sub 18 some uh managed to sneak under there so yeah it was the 5ks say so started getting to that point as a, you know any runner does when you train enough is you start to plateau your times aren't improving like anymore so you know, I was getting maybe a, a second or two faster, uh, so then I was trying to figure out the next challenge. So that was transitioning into, into longer races. Right. The thought of going from a 5K to a 10K was terrifying. Right. <laughs> you're, you're doubling six miles. I can't believe how far that is. And, but, uh, yeah, so I, I signed up. I think Lilac 10K was the first one I did. Yeah. And now, were you, were you like, I'm going to train for this? Yeah, so I, I trained um, – but at that point, I still I didn't know anything about training, uh, any you know, anything about building up or long slow distance or intervals. My basically when I would run, I would just go out and I'd run a couple miles. Uh, I didn't really have any set goals or anything, so going to the 10k was definitely a challenge because I didn't realize the the, the importance of pacing. As you, obviously as you get longer, pacing is a lot more important. So 5k's you just go out and you can't breathe and you can't see, and that's pretty much it for 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 three <laughs> miles. But 10k it was a little different i've never lost my i've never lost my vision until the end of a run when my eyes are watering so much from the coughing and the hurt (laughs) (laughs) the tears (laughs) yes exactly yeah but but um so the so you get into these 10ks where when did you start going you know i'm 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 gonna run at the front of these races uh that took a while so that was well i should qualify that i you could usually see me at the first mile in the front of the race, <laughs> and then you wouldn't see me again. So uh, I, I realized very quickly that I was a good front runner for a short period. So I'd, I'd be out there, and I'd be next to Dave Bradshaw, you know, who's a phenomenal runner. He's won the Rochester Marathon. He's a great, he's a great triathlete now. And uh, I, I'd hear some Joe Schmo just starting running, and, I, you know, we'd be doing, like, the freeze ruse and the first mile would come, be coming across, like, 515 or 520. And that's way out of my league as far as <laughs> ability. But you get caught up in it. I'd get excited. So I'd go from like a 520 to like, I don't know, a seven-minute oh, you know, seven mile. So then I'd dial it way back. And then uh, finally, probably four or five years into running, I realized that wasn't a good strategy. But for a long time, it was, that was always a running joke with my friends. Is I'd, you'd see me. I'd get good photos for like that first mile. I'd be great. And then, uh, and then you wouldn't really see me again. So uh as i started getting into longer stuff again that's fit more towards what my natural ability was i realized if i slowed down a little bit i could still you know keep it on and that's that's where i started seeing myself not at the front necessarily but maybe within sight of the leaders and uh, i think the breakthrough moments during the freezer ruse i I had a couple decent uh results and some success 
because it's a smaller field. Not everybody wants to come out and run in the middle of winter. But when I transitioned into trails, it was immediate. As I realized this was my that was where I wanted to be. Right. A lot more interesting. Uh, a lot more strategy. Whereas road, road running, the the thing I uh, struggle with with running is you, when you go, you almost know how the race is going to play out as far as who's going to win. Right. You see, you know, this person, this person, this person. And you know, that's one, two, three taken off right there. Coming from a cycling background, I was doing a lot of cycle uh, bike racing, and there was always a lot more strategy and a lot more ambiguity. So you go into the race, and you could have a guy that's head and shoulders stronger than everybody, but if if he has any type of mechanical issue or if he doesn't play his cards right, he he won't win. So running's not necessarily like that. It is when you get to much longer distances. You see this a lot in the ultras, but uh, a five k you. If you see certain people there, you know they're going to win without right. a doubt. So it's it's predictable at those shorter distances. Yeah, but trails, it's who's a good mud runner, who's a good hill climber, yep. right? Who can deal with the certain types of terrain and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. If you have certain strengths, you can leverage them on the trails. Uh, if you are, yeah, like you said, if you're good at downhills, there's you t- take those opportunities and you can. Yeah. put some time into people so yeah so how did this how did this change like around your running you were you were riding a bike to work you were sort of bike commuting places yeah you're going to the gym to get swole <laughs> and yeah. uh, now all of a sudden you decided to add running in did those things sort of fall away or you just stopped doing them and- yeah the lifting once i got into college because i used to work out in my dad's basement he had a, i had a bunch of equipment down there so once i got into college it uh, was a convenience factor so it was hard to to find time to, to go and, and go down and lift. Whereas it, if, if, if I wanted to go out for an hour and run, that was, that was more than sufficient. So it became a little bit easier. Plus it's a little more social. I, like I said, I had some lifting partners, but you're not really talking a lot. We were doing, we were down there doing our circuit or, you know, super setting or whatever. And you, it's not like you're down there having a conversation. You're, right. you're spotting somebody and it's, it's very impersonal, but you go out and you run and you can chat. Plus it's nice to get out of the house. I, uh, I don't know if I could do it anymore. Just being being in like a dark, cold basement for an hour at a time. <laughs> well, I mean, if if you were if you were seeing you know those biceps growing, if you're seeing, <laughs> yeah. right, if you were getting bigger, maybe you know, I maybe. probably would have stuck with it. Yeah, if I was if you know if I was seeing really good results, I, I would have. But yeah. at the at the at the heaviest, I, I think I managed to tip the scales at like a whopping one sixty. Ooh, yeah, that yeah. was fierce. That was fierce. <laughs> yeah, I think Weldon did one sit up his whole life. He just kept that six pack after that. <laughs> yeah. Just did, yeah. sat up once out of bed and was like, oh, that's taking. Care. And I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, like, and, and you mentioned so the transition was kind of natural, going from something that I worked really hard at and didn't necessarily see results to something that came a lot more natural and mm-hmm. it, it, when you're good at something or I, I don't want to say good i don't want to qualify myself as good but when you when you're improving at something i would i'd say it's a lot more interesting it's yeah. a lot easier to keep your keep your interest in it so it's hard to stay humble when you're good at something too. i <laughs> listen I, good is so it's so qualitative you know yeah. even our even the best runners around here you you go to you go to the nat- national level of oh, yeah. So I always try to keep that in mind. Right. So I try to. That's one of the things that's road running. Right. One of the things that turned me off a little bit about certain aspects of road running is that some of the elite runners, they weren't always really social with you know with people that were behind them, and they wouldn't stay and cheer on cheer on others as they were finishing. So they they yeah. do their thing and they collect the prize money and they'd be out. So it was a little uh, turned me off a little bit to it. So. Yeah. So speaking of good, I think you are, you are undefeated 
at damn good? Is that is that true? Uh, until this year, I was four time four time winner, and this year Tim Chichester showed up, uh-huh. and then some other yeah, younger guy that was uh, I guess a high school stud. Yeah, and Tim blew my doors off. But I, the, the the nice thing is he did he be, beat my course record, but only by four or five minutes, which for somebody who's gone to the Olympic trials, yeah. I mean that was pretty good. As I, I knew I had to put in a good time if. Uh, if he's only beat me by that small margin. Granted, he might not have been trying at that point because nobody was near him. He's probably he's probably just out for a training run. But but Tim's really talented. Yeah. So um, again, it's all it's all relative. You know, I yeah. have my moments, but then somebody like Tim shows up, and yeah, it is what it is. See, right? Seeing what he did at Ontario Summit this year uh-huh. is just out of control. Yeah. Um. But so damn good is a that was my. That was the first time that I had met you, uh-huh. um, and and I say meet you because uh, we did talk. You were there afterwards, and we chatted a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that first damn good was my first real trail race, um, and it was like I was on my way training to the Rochester Marathon, and I was like, you know what? I'm, there's a trail race. It's a half marathon. It's it's right in you know it's a month before the Rochester Marathon. It's good timing. Um, but yeah, I was out there for a Sunday stroll, <laughs> but you know, we go out seven miles, you do the lollipop and you come back yeah. and that's, that's when I saw the glistening chest, the towpath, <laughs> the towpath tri suit unzipped and you bombing down this hill, absolutely flying down the hill. Yeah. Um, and you were in the lead at that point. So that was the first, the first time that I had the leader of the out and back almost destroy me as I ducked <laughs> behind a tree, you know? And it's not like you're going to slow down, you know. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 part of when you start to hit those bottlenecks, it's it's yeah. it's always interesting. Well, it was just before the lollipop, so you had just come out, and it's yep. the downhill piece. You yeah, know, I know. Exa- yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that was fun to yeah. see that. Yeah. So what's the deal with that towpath? I'm glad shirt? you brought it up. So uh, when I used to bike race more, and I, I used to race up until probably 2013, uh, really regularly. That was they were one of our sponsors. I, I got onto a cycling team. It morphed over the years and eventually it became the Towpath cycling team, which it still is. But they were our sponsor and they had a multi sport team and I always wanted to be able to show some sponsorship. But uh, the way running jerseys are is they're not I'm sorry, the way cycling jerseys are, they're not meant for running. They're they're not cut that way. They have long sleeves, they they ride a little differently. So I was going to do some races, and the, Jamie, who was the GM there at the time, he just threw me threw me a multi sport jersey, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm maybe on the multi sport team now. So, <laughs> nice. so I, I I wear it because it's comfortable and it's got pockets, which is nice. So for yeah. for goose things like that, uh, the big downside is, every, and everybody says it's it's like a belly shirt, it like rides just above my belly button. <laughs> it looks so stupid. But I've had it for a while, and if if I can get another one, I gotta go to Towpath and see if I can get another one. But yeah, uh, it's 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 joined me for most of my races now, and people for whatever reason seem to remember that. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but people are always like, "Oh, you're, where's the Towpath church?" Yeah, you know, you know, you're in the zone when that thing starts coming down. Yeah, when that yeah. zipper starts coming down. <laughs> that's uh, directly proportional proportional to my effort. The, the more unzipped it is, the, the more I'm working. Yeah, so, right. Uh, this year it uh, it came off completely. It was. Uh, I've gone shirtless more and more. It was. It took a while to get to the point where I felt comfortable bearing any skin. Always very self-conscious. So, 
Yeah, that that was the first that was the first one, and I was like, man, I think he's fast. Just, <laughs> but then you know, like like you said, everybody looks fast. The the top three of you guys blasting down that hill was like, oh, that's why he's moving so quick because those two guys are chasing. Yeah, him. <laughs> I think trails relatively look faster too, right? Yeah. Because you're it's a more confined space, so mm-hmm. they feel faster. I mean, how many right. how many times when you're out on the trail, you feel like you're flying, and you look down, and you're like, that can't be right. That's not the right pace. <laughs> Well, um, so then there's uh, another race that I, I remember seeing you at was, uh, and you've had success at, was Ready, Set, Glow. Yeah. Which is a little shorty. It's yeah. a little five-miler, right? Yeah. But it's on a roller coaster of a course, right? Yeah. It's on mountain bike paths. Right? It is, yeah. So um, that you run, I think you have the course record there, too. Do I still? I, still I think so. Yeah. But it's like it's something like five miles in, in 40, 43 minutes. So something like that, maybe even less than that. I I should have prepared. I should have looked at that one. But you know what? Yeah, I remember. I remember it. It might even be like thirty thirty six minutes, maybe. Yeah. So I do remember that one, and that was as I was getting to know Sheila and Eric. So it was one that the, I, I didn't have on the calendar initially, but uh, after having run the zero SPF, and I kind of started falling into doing a bunch of the races for the uh, trail run of the year series. So just. As a consequence, I, I signed up for that one, and uh, I didn't really know what to expect because I've been on those on my mountain bike before on those trails. Super technical for anybody who hasn't run them. They're super technical, very winding, a lot of routes, and by that point in the year, there's some leaf cover, so uh, it made it interesting. And I've never really run at night. That was my first foray into night running. Yeah. But you know, you just take it slow. You you have as much illumination as possible. So I had a headlamp and I carried a flashlight, which helped, so I could direct. It was nice to be able to direct my light where I wanted to be able to see, mm-hmm. but my head was focused on where I'm actually looking, which, <laughs> as you know, is like three feet in front of you. Yeah, exactly. So it was really technical, but fast run. You felt fast, and uh, I, when I got done, I was surprised to see that it, it was as quick as it was. No, you legitimately were fast. It was. It was 36 minutes. 36? All right. Yeah, that's not 40, 40. I was like, 43? Yeah, because that's like eight minutes a mile. That's really fast. Uh-huh. No, it's 36. Yeah. So that's seven-minute miles at night on a twisty, windy, technical <laughs> trail. So I guess I guess the speed thing is uh, how do you how how do you do your if you're not like big in the training how do you do speed work you said you were learning that and these are your early days how do you know that you can do seven minute miles on a trail at night yeah so the the training has always been a, a a weird aspect of my of my running careers. When I was marathon training, just to back up a little bit, when I first got accepted to Boston, I had qualified at Rochester Marathon. So I never was a big volume runner, but I was always big in intensity, and I always cross-trained quite a bit. So I was still lifting a little bit then, but I was doing a lot of cycling, and I would my my I do maybe do long, one long run, but then I would just race a ton. So I was I've always over raced, but that was part of my training plan. So I I would a big week m- might be thirty miles. I would typically run twenty four if I was marathon training, maybe up to like thirty low thirty miles. You know, and you that's that's a, kind of on the low end for for marathon yeah, training. So yeah. <laughs> typically it was around twenty miles a week though. But it, but there would be two runs. One would be a long one, maybe a twelve mile, thirteen mile run, and then and then another shorter run. But then there'd be a lot of racing thrown in there, and it was always. I have a tough time doing the truly lo- long, slow run, so I, I go out with that intention, and I, ter- I realize it turns into something else. So rather than fighting that, I would just 
turn those into harder workouts and I'd accept that. So I'd give myself more rest time between runs. And then in the meantime, I'd do active recovery with biking. I would do a lot of group rides. So the speed came from racing a ton and giving myself an opportunity to, to build without uh, having too much volume in my training. So I've never been, my biggest training week ever was the week I ran the 50 mile, Can Lake 50. That was, the, I think I ran 60 miles that week. That's the most <laughs> I've ever run in a week. So I've never been the one, one that can run 100 miles in a week. I, I didn't want to, I wanted to stay fresh and I didn't want to get burned out with it. So I always kept my training uh, at a minimum, did, minimum acceptable level for what I wanted to be able to do. So the speed was, just was a function of all my runs were hard. And that's, that's where I'm at now. So as I'm time constrained, if I go and I'm going to go do a run, I make it hard because I, it's, I don't have a lot of time anymore to, go, to be able to go run. So if I'm going to do 10 mile or it's, it's, it's intervals, it's temp, you know, it's, it's a progression run. So everything's really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of easy runs. Uh, wow. Not a lot. If, if I'm going to go do something in the trails, maybe I'll, I'll slow down and well, and I guess that might make sense as to why you stay sort of marathon and less. You know, you race the half marathons, that kind of thing. I mean, you did do many on the Jenny this year. Yeah, you've done you've done Sega Hondas a bunch, mm-hmm. um, but you've only done a couple ultras, right? You've done yeah. like Can Lake Fifty, and yep, I've done Can Lake Fifty. I've done the Menden Ponds Fifty K. Uh, I've done yeah, this, uh, obviously many on the Jenny, like you said. I've done a 24-hour adventure race so that's you know kind of in the same realm yeah, wow which was cool uh, so but but that makes sense if if you're used to just running hard and fast it's, it's not going to do very good for you in a 50 miler no unless you unless you can build that volume right? no and and i i a quick can lake story so i i had struggled with that i've had run a bunch of marathons at that point and Mar- marathon seemed to be my sweet spot. You can for the amount of the amount of training I was doing a marathon, it could jump into one, and I could do relatively well, and there, I wouldn't suffer a lot of consequences because I'd run smart. But you can't fake a fifty, right? You can't <laughs> you can't run twenty miles a week and then expect to be able to go and blow the doors off a of fifty. And and I I went in thinking otherwise, so I I I kept myself conservative for the first. I was just looking at my Garmin data last night. I was probably for the first 20 miles, I was conservative. I felt great, you know. So there's this there's this natural uh, inclination to to, be, to ramp it up a little bit. So I thought, oh, what's the harm in maybe dropping dropping a few fast miles, stretching the legs out? So I, without paying attention, I would just run what felt comfortable. And at that point, you know, it was I was maybe dropping some sevens or sub sevens and in the middle of 50. Then I have no business doing that. So. By oh, 30 some odd miles, I was walking, and I remember doing. I started having to do a walk run there, and it was such a miserable experience because I'd ran one. I didn't have the base, and two, I just didn't know how to run that distance. You know, for for marathons, you can get away with the second half being faster if, if you're if you're decent, but it was that's not how it played out. It was <laughs> the doors came off. My nutrition was terrible. I, I that's the other thing is with a marathon, the nutrition's important. But it's not nearly as critical, you, you know. You if you're drinking every mile, or every other mile, and you're having some nutrition, you know, some goose or whatever it is that you take, you can get through a marathon. And if you make a mistake, it, let's say it comes at twenty, everybody hits that wall at twenty. Well, to only have ten k to go is not that in the world. But when you hit the wall at twenty and you've got thirty miles to go, <laughs> you, know, you have one of those oh shit moments. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had that moment. I I got to the point where I couldn't eat or drink. My stomach was in knots, uh, and the old adage about not trying new stuff on race day, I, 
I thought it would be a good idea. I knew I needed sodium and I didn't take salt pills then. So I was like, I'll just drink turkey broth, right? It's got a, it's got a ton of sodium in it. I'll drink soup broth. So at first when it was cold, it was decent, but it was like 80 something degrees that day. <laughs> so it, as, I've never tasted urine, but it's about as close as I can imagine to urine tasting. So that really threw me off my game. I, re- I, I remember just, you know, trying to choke down this <laughs> urine turkey broth and just muddling through it. I had... I had just read Ultra Marathon Man, the Dean Carnassus book, and I had, I had it in my head I was going to eat these uh, chocolate-covered uh, espresso beans, and that didn't go well. I just, everything was new. It was, a, it was just such a train wreck. But I, I, I pulled it together a little bit towards the end. But my, I wrote, my pacer at the time, who's my best friend, or one of my best friends, he, uh, he jumped in with me, and I remember being so miserable and so mad at the world that I tried to drop him. So he, he jumped in the race, and I remember thinking, ah, screw this, you know, I'm, I just was so angry at everybody. And somehow it was his fault that I was feeling that way, but even though it wasn't. So I remember trying to drop him because I just wanted to be in my dark alone place and, and soak up my, my tears with turkey broth. So <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. Uh, yeah, and that, and that was uh, that, that brutal, terrible, horrible experience. Was, <laughs> was, uh, I know what you're going to say. Was, uh, was uh, seven hours and 39 minutes. Yeah. That, that was... Uh, uh, yeah, way back in fifth place. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's it's all about the experience. I yeah, mean, that's that's the thing, and that's 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 what I'm trying to do on this podcast. I'm trying to humanize you, fast yeah. people, <laughs> all you front runners that win yeah. races. You go through the same thing. I mean, yeah. I think I think that's something that that's why running is is so egalitarian in that way. You know, you covered the same 50 miles as the person that did 12 hours or 14 yeah. hours, and the the. In order to finish that quick, you have to go through some amount of suffering or else you would have finished faster, yeah. right? Like you would have finished in seven hours if something didn't go horribly wrong, right? Yeah. So that that experience is still there. There's somebody else that tried to drink warm turkey broth on an 85-degree day <laughs> yeah. also, Yeah. you know? And so, yeah, it, I think that's the thing. When you're like, I was so mad at the world, this, this stunk, it was terrible, I was walking. Yeah, you were just doing it a little bit faster than the rest of the people in the race, you know? Yeah. You made a really good point about it being uh, egalitarian, and I try to keep that in mind because I when I run with people, that you know, it's hard to find people to, to do training runs with. They they always assume that I want to go and I want to run six minute miles for a training run, and there's I just want to go out and have you know socialize a little bit. And like you said, you're doing the same miles. Who yeah. who cares? It's all relevant. Somebody who does, I'm actually more impressed by somebody who who does like a, a five hour marathon if it's their first time than somebody who runs a two thirty because. That person that runs a 2.30, that might be their life, whereas the, the person that runs five hours might have three kids at home, and they've got, they've got other commitments. So it's still 26 miles. So yeah. at the end of the day, unless you, you know, uh, uh, you're holding yourself to a different standard, but you shouldn't look at somebody else. I don't think you should look at somebody else and put them on a pedestal just because it's, it's impressive sometimes when they can do a good time, but it's also impressive for that person who does it for the first time and just goes out there, and they're crushing themselves, and they're going through a all those same emotions, like you yeah. said. So, well, and we did. We did actually get to spend an hour together this year running. Yes, we did <laughs> for the first time ever during a race. I was like, I was like, yeah, I ran with Phil for the first half of the race. <laughs> and people yeah. are like, what? I was like, yeah, I was running with Phil for the first half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he had a broken leg. Is that what happened? <laughs> but uh, no, we did run together. Me, you, and uh, your brother. Yeah, we actually ran the first hour of the the first loop of the Menden 20k together this year yeah which was really fun and you didn't look like you were suffering too much holding it back I, we, I, I muddled through you know it was tough, but, but, but I then through. i did see him 
and <laughs> at the end of the second lap, and I was like, where's Phil? And he's like, oh, Phil had to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to go to work, and I kept trying to urge him, because it was starting to get to the point where I could tell he was, it was going to be a while. So yeah. that's, that, uh, I had time, time constraints, so. Yeah. It's like, that, I, lo- I love you, and normally I'm not one for leaving somebody, but, y- yeah. you know, I got Well, go. it was fun. I got to see him at the end. We chatted a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, it was nice. That was a good run. It was a beautiful day for a run. So you were, you were out for a two-hour run, and we held you to two hours and two minutes or something like yeah. that, huh? Yeah, that was, that was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was nice to be able to run with him. He just moved back uh, to New York to go to the Simon School, so he's trying to keep some sort of fitness, so I mm-hmm. figured it would be good to go out. I, I was signing up. I wanted to use a fake name though, because I knew it was going to be on my ultra sign up results page. <laughs> and there's that, I don't know why, but there's that game you play. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, if I could just take this one off. But I mean, who cares? Yep. It's just a. Well, so I was going to mention this. Um, your ultra sign up, uh, you know, they got the histogram of your results. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty high up there in the '90s uh, for quite a while. There's lots of wins there. A couple Sega Honda wins, SPF. Bunch of damn good wins, lots of seconds and thirds. And then over the past, like, I don't know, six to eight months, there's some fifths and some eighths, and uh, things are things are dropping off here in the past year or so. Yeah, everybody else is getting better. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, work, and I've got, uh, I've got a two-year-old at home now, so we got actually another one on the way due in June, so wow. we're, we're having another girl. So family life is, uh, if you know, it's it's been it's been a different uh, different to adapt. I'm I'm struggling, but it yeah. gives me a lot more respect for people that manage their time more efficiently than I do. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I so another damn good story. There was a day you worked all night <laughs> tracking tracking a perp. Yeah, some yeah. guy right? Yeah, escaped. Was he, that? Yeah, he tried. He was a little combative and tried taking off on me so right and then so he went into the woods and you're hunting him through the woods and you eventually find him somewhere uh yeah he didn't quite make it that far he <laughs> he started running so i was jogging along you know <laughs> catching up to him i think when he realized that it wasn't really going to go his way if he was trying to run he, he stopped but then he he wanted to uh to go hands on at that point, so yeah, like, oh, this this might end, that might not end well. So right, but yeah, it was a long night. So. Then you stayed up all night doing the paperwork and the what have you. Yeah, and then rolled into damn good. I did. I and, did, and managed managed to eke out a win that race too. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. talking about using your time well, you're you're doing okay there. You just eliminate sleep, right? And you're good to go. I yeah, that's the second that year. I also did an all nighter. Uh, for Sega Hunda, because I used to work till 4 a.m., so I would try to get catch like an hour of sleep on the station floor before the race, but it it never worked out. So uh, somehow, ironically, those results were pretty good considering. And then this year, I I, I took took off from work early and I got all the sl- all the sleep I wanted. And this year, I didn't do nearly as well. So. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, it was it w- made for an interesting night. I I felt like ass, but somehow I'm. Yeah. put things together so. so you might be cut out for 100 milers you know that whole no sleep running on no sleep thing <laughs> i think so i think so the 24 hour the 24 hour adventure race i did exposed me to that a little bit and yeah. I, I i really enjoyed it so yeah i think i think i 
like to do a hundred. Wow. So I just haven't picked one. I, I hear Oil Creek's pretty good. Oil Creek is Oil Creek is uh it's close by. I know. You know, know. <laughs> that's that's one thing you got. Yeah. Um it it also has the the um interesting time frame cuz it starts at, you know, um 5 a.m. So you can if you hit 24 hours, you know, that's that's 5 a.m. the next day, mm-hmm. you know. So if you finish sometime during that night, you can you could go to sleep and still wake up human on the the day after the race. Yeah. Instead of like I don't know, some of the other ones where they start at midnight and, you know, you, you're just, the <laughs> clock is all screwed up. Yeah. But, huh, running 100. You're going to have to find a couple more hours. I will. There. I will. I might have to do more than 15 or 20 miles. A week <laughs> I don't know. You've been successful with that right now. Yeah. You could do, you can write a book on that because low volume training. I yeah. Think, I think that's the emerging market. There you go. I'm also the master of the, my, when I was doing my boss, uh, training for Boston, I would, I would do my, 20 milers on the treadmill oh. and i remember i know for most people that sounds awful but i've done a few man i hate the cold that much where that seemed enticing to me so i would i'd get like three or four water bottles i'd line them up on the treadmills and this was this was at the east side why they used to have an hour limit on each treadmill and then it would shut off so what i would do is as i was getting approached that hour i'd get the next one going and then i just i'd move my stuff over and i'd jump over so people probably thought i looked like a an, Mediator, maniac. Wow, that'd be a that's a that's a hell of a YouTube video, right? Yeah, there, you yeah. Know? Thank God nobody saw that. But yeah, yeah. I would do my I do my twenties. I do all my twenties in, inside on the treadmill, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't listen to music. So again, it was it kind of got monotonous. But yeah, there was this. I did a I did a twenty miler on a treadmill, um, and it was it was a big snowstorm. It was blowing and nasty, and I'm like, I'm gonna be running slow, so I can't really be out there in that. Yeah. But uh, Sabres game was on, so there you go. Put that on the treadmill. Yeah. There was a point where they had uh, somebody had a breakaway on a you know on a Sabres goalie and and like uh, the goalie the guy deked and the goalie deked and I deked and then wham right into the side of the railing <laughs> of the treadmill and like it's like oh that's not let's hockey's the wrong thing to watch I think I think so I, I got a little bit I got a little bit too into it so yeah and the lady next to me gave me that side eye like what are you doing yeah you know you can tell she's looking at you out of her uh, <laughs> uh, she's like this is they'll accept all kinds in this gym I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that and i still had like 10 miles left to go so i turned off the hockey game that's probably for the best didn't want an incident yeah, yeah. but you, you get, like you said you, you, you got to do it sometimes and it's a necessity so yeah so you were picking you said you've been you used to over race and now it seems like you're sort of picking your races a little bit smarter and yeah a little less. I mean, time being what it is, right? Yeah. But you seem to go back to some of your old favorites, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you don't miss damn good. Yeah. Got your Sega Hondas in there. Mm-hmm. Got your uh, your muddy sneakers here and there. Yeah, I try to. Uh, I've got a few staples. I'm putting trying to put Twisted Branch on the calendar this year. Nice. The, 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 the only struggle with wow. my type of work is I don't know. We don't know our summer schedule. Well, we'll bid it in May around May, so I won't know what my summer hours are going to be until May at the earliest. And then I don't typically know not my days off if I, if I can get approved leave until 30 days out. So a lot of these races now, and I struggle to sign. I sign up for these things, and mm-hmm. I won't know until 30 days out whether or not I'm actually going to be able to go. This year, I didn't know until the day before that I was going to be able to race many in the Jenny. I begged and I pleaded, and I was told I was going to have to work it, so I didn't bother signing up. And and thankfully, I, last minute I was able to get off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other supervisor worked it, but. Eric squeezed me in and things like that though. I mean I can't expect everybody to be so accommodating. So Well, you did have a you did have a strong hand in making that that race happen. I right? was I was involved a little bit in some of the some of the meetings, but 
I mean, it, it was nice to, to see the logistical side and see the planning side. I have a lot of respect for Eric and Mort and those guys setting up races. Such a yeah. time commitment. It's, it's, and logistically just, even, even the making of the race happen, that part is tough. But then the bureaucracy part that yes. you got to do and yep. the gaining of the permits and the convincing people and all of that, you know, like we were not jerks. We, we will take care of the trail. Right. right? right. And yes, we are safe. We do have a safety plan. Yeah. All of that. And you still got to buy watermelons, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> and get them into the course somehow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, making many on the Jenny happen was no no small feat. But Eric does acknowledge, I mean, you had a, a good hand in doing that. And that would be really weird to have a race in your home park that, that you didn't get to run, you know? Yeah, I would, I'd, be a little, I'd be a little sad, a little mopey on the side. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I was really glad I was able to do it. And, and, and like you said, it... I don't think race directors or volunteers, for that matter, get enough credit. I, I get really frustrated when people uh, they're so really negative after a race about maybe it wasn't it wasn't marked as well as it could have been, or maybe it was a, a slightly longer, slightly shorter. But you, most people probably have no idea how much effort goes into putting these races together, and it's not like they're super profitable, right? So they're doing this for razor thin margins. It's really thankless. Um, so I, every time I get an opportunity, I try to try to thank these guys for putting these races on and the volunteers for coming out because on a Saturday afternoon. You know, I know they have families too. It's it's to to be willing to come out and support these things is is awesome. They re- really they're the ones that make it happen. We just are lucky enough to be able to show up and be able to race. So. Right. Well, and and you put on a show, so that's good. You know, <laughs> I think I do. I I honestly do think that you know there there is. Um, there's a ton of work that goes into it, but it's but it's for a good reason. Um, they they love to see people out there enjoying, having fun. Yeah. And and I, I don't think I've ever seen you at a race being mopey. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've seen it. Maybe you're internally a little mopey if you <laughs> yeah. don't if you don't do as well as you would have liked. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever really seen it. Yeah, it's there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. No, it was it was it was good. It was great great course this year, and I'm gonna I'm planning to do it again. So. I thought it. I thought it worked out well. He did it for a first first year event. It was was really well uh, attended. Now, uh, do you feel like with this being more selective of your races and maybe you know like not knowing if you're going to race because of your work schedule and now you're growing this family, do you find it hard to sign up for a race where there's a chance that you might not win? Yes, it's good. I'm glad you mentioned that. That is that internal struggle is real. I. Uh, I have obviously expectations for myself, but there's also, and I never got to that really high level, but there, I still did well enough, performed well enough, where if I show up at a race, actually, it happened with the 20K when I was running with you. I, I got done, and about an hour later, James Bryan, I think he texted me, he said, was everything all right today? I saw your time. <laughs> so I'm trying to to uh, <laughs> battle that, basically. is I want to be able to allow myself or be allowed to have an off day, and uh, so I have to be really selective and sign up for my, for my races because if I have an off day, I don't want to have to to answer the twenty emails on because I I don't I'm not one to typically make excuses. I've had some terrible performances. I have had one DNF in my career. It was last year at the Men in Fifty K, and uh, I was slowing down too much at the end, and I had to work. So I I was on the fence whether or not I could finish the last ten K and make it to work. So I DNF'd, and, uh, and it's just it was a terrible terrible feeling. But you know it is what it is. Um, but I, it's a it's a little challenging for me to sign up for race some races now because I know I've e- either done well or, you know, I've, there's some expectation that I'll do well. 
So I, I, I kind of, I'm like a hermit now. <laughs> I hide in, I hide in my house. I do my training, and then I come out on occasion when I try to sneak, sneak below the radar, and hope nobody will notice. But uh, I think the expectations I place on myself are probably greater than, than that. Anyways, I, I know the level that I, I'm capable of. So when I'm not achieving that level, like right now, I'm kind of building back up towards that. Trying to get back up to 20 miles a week. Yeah, trying to trying to work up to 20 miles a week. You know, I'm I'm doing like two three miles at a time now. It's going really well. So yeah, I uh, yeah I I want to be back at a high level, uh, and I have no excuse why I can't because if I could use the family thing, but like Davin's got family. My my friend Eric Grimm, he's got he's got triplets and he's like a world-class adventure racer and he's really good at everything he does so i really have no i have i can't use that as an, as an excuse so uh, i guess it it's just it's just a, a motivation factor you know I, it is getting adjusted uh, i'm i'm enjoying things a lot more now that she's a little bit older mm-hmm. and i can incorporate her into things mm-hmm. uh, we do the running stroller i got the bike trailer and now she likes we we go to the y and she likes swimming so the deal is i'll take her and she'll She'll let me work out, you know, she'll do the child wash and then we'll go uh, swim afterwards or whatever. Yeah. But swimming is just floating around, but whatever. That's what we did when, when we first, when we first had the twins, that's when I did the 20 miler. I did Uh the 20 miler while they were at the child watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you're making it work, right? We had, uh, and that, that's the way the house got cleaned. One, one parent stayed home. The other kid took the uh, the kids mm-hmm. to child watch at the Y and worked out. Yeah, that's what. And we that that person that stayed home either took a nap or did the dishes or whatever. Yeah, but you, you had to, you know. But I'm dealing with that sort of now in the sense of, I you know, oh, I got a new job. Oh, I got two kids. To, I got the podcast. I got the running, and it's like, yeah. well, you know what? Either either you want to do it or you don't. Right. Like, but for me, uh, the kids actually enjoy hanging out with me right now. Like they're seven, they, <laughs> they like me. Yeah, you know, a couple of years they're not going to like me. That's yeah. that's when I'll go run. <laughs> you have so much more time then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you do with it all? You know. Yeah. So, and I think we we sort of roll with that. And um, like you said, you're getting adjusted. So it'll be it'll be interesting if you throw a hundred k on the calendar in August. You know what? What does that look like for you? What What has to go right in order for besides the work schedule? What has to go right for you to feel good going into Twisted Branch? Yeah. So I just being able, you know, like you said, get being able to get out for some of the longer longer runs. Uh, I would probably try to do more regularly long runs, maybe once a week. And definitely, I mean, well, I don't know if we mentioned it, but I, I worked out in Letchworth, so right in my backyard, I have some nice trails. I have the FLT. So getting out on those a little bit more, uh, that would be huge. And I've been fortunate that I've not really had any running-related injuries. I mean, I tore my ligaments during one of the damn good stage races in my in my ankle but uh, that was a quick recovery and one, I of the, one of the dirt cheaps or yeah the dirt that one was actually that's one of my proudest races i, I don't want to get too sidetracked but i was uh the year before i had won the the dirt cheap trail series in november and so i did it again and i was running really well uh and i typically would get blown out the first race which was the three mile time trial that they would do and then the, the next one i believe was like a five mile race mm-hmm. and then the last day was 12 or 13 miles so that was always my time to shine. I, I was enjoying that. And we were about two miles into the race, I was in a lead group of three, and I caught my foot on a, on a root, and I just heard a pop. And I, like, went down, tumbled like a, like a ton of bricks. took me a second to, to, to realize what was going on. And it was, it was sore, and there was, like, a little bit of throbbing pain, but really not bad, no mobility issues. So I was figuring, what the hell? So I got back up, 
those guys, you know, they gave me the courtesy, hey, you okay? And then they kept running. I mean, we've all, <laughs> we've all been there, right? Like, hey, we really don't care, but we got to say it. Otherwise, you look like a little sag. So, so they kept going. So, you know, I got back up and I, I kind of hobbled for the first mile. But then it really loosened up and it felt fine. I had no issues. So I was like, oh, screw it. I'm going to try and catch these guys. So I ended up catching both the leaders, and I ended up winning that that particular race by quite a bit that day. I remember it being like five or more minutes by the time I caught him and passed him. And so I got done, and I'm like, All right, I guess there was no no major injury, right? And my, my ankle felt fine. The second I stopped, it was like it immediately started swelling. I was getting black and blue. It's like, well, that can't be good. No, you know that's that's not normal. That's not a normal reaction. So I went and got some ice for it. I ended up going to the doctor's or urgent care later, and. They they checked it out. They're like, oh yeah, you tore some ligaments in your ankle. That's you know, it's gonna be a, a little while. You'll be in, a, in uh, one of those little air casts. And they're like, what was going on? So I was telling them and I, that I fell, that I tore it. And they're like, oh, what happened? I was like, well, I got up and I finished. They're like, how much longer did you run? I was like, I don't know, ten or eleven miles on it. They're like, well, that's rather impressive, but you realize you're an idiot, right? I was like, well, <laughs> I had a chance to win something. <laughs> so um, it was it that was. Uh, not a, not again. Not not a terrible injury. It just I had to. I did more biking. I stayed off it with the running for a little bit. But they always tell you, and you, you've probably been here, right? You get a a, a diagnosis, and you're going to have to spend so much time uh, being inactive. And you're like, screw that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll maybe take a few weeks off, but then I'm going to obviously you're going to go and risk hurting yourself again because you're an idiot, and that's what we do. So, so I was out there running again within a couple of weeks, and uh, wow, and and so. That that's your major, your one major running injury. The, that's yeah. The yes, uh, I did have a small fracture in my foot when I was going through the police academy, but I had to keep that to myself because I don't want to. Yeah, there's so many bones in your foot. One yeah, of them's, exactly. One of them's probably exactly. always fractured anyway. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, and if you report if you report an injury, you got sidelined, and I I wasn't about to sit and watch everybody else work out. So like, screw mm-hmm. this. So yeah, but no, I broke my collarbone during a bike race. But other than that, I've had no. Knock on wood. I mean, I've, you get the flare-ups of things. You know, you get a little bit planner, or you get some issues. Uh, I've that's had when some, you hit. That's when you hit twenty-one miles. That one. Anytime I go over twenty, if I once I hit twenty and a half, I'm screwed. I start falling apart. So yeah. So you were saying though, like in order for twisted to go right, you're gonna have to get in some more long runs yep. and stuff in order in order to feel good about going and doing twisted. Yeah. Or just taking on something that big, whether whether your schedule works out for that or not. Um, do you, do you see, um, uh, like you go into work an hour early or you go stay an hour late? Is that something that, that you've done or that yeah. you do? Yeah, actually that's, that's one of the things I've gotten more into because uh, well, I realize if I get home, you get sucked into the family thing and it, despite your best intentions, you, you play with your kids and, mm-hmm. uh, so I have to almost hide at work for an extra hour, like you said, or go in a little early. Well, cause you got to flip that switch, right? It, yeah. It's it, for me, I find the same thing. If I go home, then, then that's what I'm doing. I'm home and I'm yeah. doing the home thing. It's not, it, it feels silly to go home for a half hour and then, okay, I'm, I'm home, but now I'm leaving again. Yeah. And, you know, you flip that, you, you flip the switch. Now you're dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then. Well, then kids go to bed and you're like, do I, do I, what's, am I still dead or now do I got to do this home stuff or do I, do I flip the switch back to being runner? Cause it's nine 30 at night. You yeah. Know? Like, so yeah, it's, it's a fun struggle, man. It is. It is. <laughs> it's, and it's, and it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see, like you said, you want to get back to a high level, see what that schedule works out. I mean, yeah. 
Hobbs has Hobbs has figured it out to a degree. Yeah, you know? um, he does. He does a run commute, then he comes home, and he yeah. does a run commute home, and then he supplements a stroller run after that. And you know, he's doing two or three runs a day to to sort of make it make it happen. Yeah, so. that that's that's key, right? If you can integrate it into more of your normal life. Yeah, and uh, I, that helped with the the stroller. The, the running stroller definitely helped. Uh, and I like I was listening to Jamie's podcast, and he was talking. I was so envious when he was said he could run commute because I'm like sixteen, seventeen miles one way. And I could bike commute, so I mean that's an option for getting some fitness. And I've definitely considered that. Um, but I do work nights, so I would I don't I don't mind running at night, but I don't like biking at like ten or eleven at night. Mm. It just it makes me nervous, especially yeah. Yeah, so and you got to carry gear with you and all that, and yeah, that's the other thing is I mean I do have a shower. He said he just takes basic wet towel showers. <laughs> yeah. is, I've been there, I understand, but I, I have I have a shower at work. So uh, and what's nice is during the summertime, if I do you know if I sneak out and get a run and I can shower or whatever and then go home. So there's some yeah. f- some flexibility there. Yep. Well, you know, as you get into this on on my speed work days, I'll call you if you want a slow a long slow day. You can come out with me and do my. You could do my speed work with me. <laughs> I like it. I'm all about integrating any any type of extra work I can get. So yeah. Well, I mean, that's for me. I love running down at Letchworth, and you know, just just getting out there. I don't even. There used to be a thing like I didn't like to drive longer than I ran, right? Yes. Like, yep. I don't really love that, but um, to go down to Letchworth for two or three hours is, you know, is just it's worth it anytime I can get down there. So, well, we'll figure that out. You know, the, now now that you're putting on out into the world that you want to be social and you want to run with people. People yeah. might, you might get 20 texts that say, hey, now that you're slow again, let's run. Please, yeah. yeah. Anybody, especially if anybody lives in Livingston County, I'm out in Caledonia. Anybody who, <laughs> nobody lives on my side of the earth, but anybody who lives out there, please reach out because I, I do like the social runs. And yeah. again, pace is irrelevant. I, I could care less. It's just yeah. about going out and getting some miles in. Yeah, and I can vouch for it. I did run with him for an hour. <laughs> and he, he wasn't struggling. He didn't, he didn't look like he wanted to leave. You know, it was, it was fine. He was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you have? Um, do you have? You mentioned some uh, kind of highlights. Do you have a favorite race that you love running? That's not damn good. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy. I've I've done it four times now, I think. And that that distance seems to suit me well. And the terrain is is I like it because it's a difficult race. Even though it's, I mean, by most standards of, of your listeners, it's short now, right? It's, no, everybody but, listens to this. But, <laughs> in the world of ultras, it's a short, but this yeah. is not an ultra. This is not an ultra podcast. Just yeah. ultra runners like to talk. I got That's you. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, yeah, yeah. For the for for Sagunda, it's it's been one of my favorite races. I, I and you know how it is. You can run the same trail twice in the same day, and it looks different. So mm-hmm. as many times as I've been on it, and I'm I'm on it for work, it's different every time. And I that's what I like about it. It's, yeah. You re- don't realize how close you actually are to civilization because when you're on certain sections of FLT, you feel really isolated and far away. I imagine I'm out west, you know, so uh, like way out in the wilderness. But it's it's a it's a nice trail. It's relatively well maintained. It's challenging. The worst part of that race is by far the aid stations, and everybody says the same thing. Mm-hmm. If I could just skip the aid stations, I would because you're you're going up those stream beds to get to the road or whatever. But it's it's hard. It's a type of challenge in a good way. I remember the first year I ran it was just. I had never done anything like that, so I didn't know anything about how to pace for that type of race, how to take advantage of 
did certain certain types of sections, and I had never walked hills before doing or doing that race. So you know, now I'm all about. I'll, if it's a challenging hill, who cares? I'll. You're, I've I've been that guy where I'm trying to run up and somebody's walking next to me, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? So so now I've taken the opposite approach. If it's if it's challenging hill, why waste the energy? What, you know, I can get it back going down the other side. So I'll, I've got no problems power walking. There's no pride lost there. So Phil Nesbitt says there's no shame in walking a hill. There is none. There is none. So. You're definitely getting old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. So you know what? There's no shame in walking the flat or the downhill either. <laughs> there's no shame in just staying home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was, uh, it's a good, that's a really good race. I think that you mentioned the skipping the aid stations. I think that's what's great about many on the Jenny. You get that 20 miles of the FLT. You know, and they hiked in the two aid stations, so you get to stay on the trail. And again, you've run if if you've done um, damn good or you've done Sega Hunter, you've always run it one way. Yes. Now you many on the Jenny, they hike in the aid stations, and you get to do it uh, south to north, or mm-hmm. I guess you know, yeah, south, yeah. Coming back on the east side, yeah. Right. Yep. So I mean, that makes it completely different. It's just a it's a whole different look and feel, and you're not going up those um, the farm drainage roads, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So what else you got? You got you got a giant page of notes, and I feel like we've never. No, even, no. I mean, you came well prepared. I tried to. You you you're the most prepared guest <laughs> in the history of the podcast, and yeah, we didn't I, even use your notes. I studied. I was up till two in the morning. I was like studying <laughs> last night. I was like, you know, I know he's going to ask me about results, but I don't remember any of them. I've I mean, I've done Boston a couple times. I can yeah. tell you that much. I've had a good marathon time, so I guess that's yeah. Good. What is your marathon PR? My PR is two forty six. So I ran. Uh, that was 2013, and I ran it with uh, a friend, Brett Long, who beat me this year at Sagahunda, that bastard. But, uh, but yeah, he, he and I ran the whole race together, and he, he comes from, uh, like, a tribe type of background. So we legitimately pace-lined the entire race. We just would we'd take turns breaking the wind for each other, and, uh, and that worked out really well. Our, our fastest mile ended up being the last couple miles. We dropped the... A five fifty five for the last mile on the carriage road. Yeah, nice. Yeah. We were, we were, we were. Oh no, no. On the, I'm sorry. On uh, the Rochester Marathon course. But that was that was you know that was my peer for the marathon. But he's I noticed a lot of my quote unquote uh, road rivals have have made their way onto the trails. Like Eric Boyce is running trails now. He's he's really talented. Brett Long, as I mentioned, so. So that was one of the nice things when I switched over to trails is it wasn't the same scene. And, and now I'm getting some of those really fast guys. I mean, there's always been fast guys on the trails, and it's gotten uber competitive now, mm-hmm. which is good. I'm, I like being competitive, but uh, there's some more fast fast people out there. So Well, you could just tell them, dude, that's not what the trails are, man. We're here to relax yeah. and have social time and right. just chill. We hey. talk about our kids. <laughs> we go out for 12-minute miles together. They just don't seem to understand that. They think it's all about winning. Come on, guys. Really? <laughs> There's more. To, there's more to life than winning races. There is. I, I mean, well, once you hit your 30s and you have kids, sure. Yeah, yeah. But then you get to come back in your 40s, and mm-hmm. then you, you know, your kids are all growing up. I'm gonna be awesome, awesome masters runner. I can't yeah. wait. You got fresh legs. Yeah. You know, you haven't been beating them up for the last 10 years on the roads. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there's definitely some been some highlights over the years. I think. I think one of the biggest changes, life changes, is obviously as you get a family and you get more established in your career. I had this sweet spot in like 2011 to 2013 where I was in. I took some time off in between jobs and I was working part time, which I 
I highly recommend if anybody can ever make it work. I was working like 30 hours a week around there. So I had a lot more time to train and I was renting an apartment so I didn't have to worry about uh, maintaining the house. I didn't have any kids. So life was, there was a sweet spot and I'm really happy with life now. Don't get me wrong, but there was, that was, it was different back then. And yeah. it was, uh, it was like the sweet spot right before I had to grow up, you know, and I, I just trained a ton and I, I was out, I missed, was out 150 or 200 miles a week on the bike. I was running my 20 miles a week, you know, really killing it out there. Phil Nesbitt recommends taking it easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just relax, everybody. Just relax. Yeah. It was, uh, it was good. It worked out well. It was if I could go back, I, I, if I could keep my my life now, but go back to working part time, I would do it in a heartbeat. I, I think I think that's what we need to strive for as a society. I think everybody, we all appreciate free time. So how can we get more of it? And mm-hmm. you know, working less is one. I don't know, I don't know too many people that uh, at the end of their life just are, think that they should have worked more. I think that's a pretty common regret. So yeah, should have spent more time at the office. Yeah, I really should. You know, I just really should have <laughs> should have went after it more at work. So. Now, do you have that? Do you have that schedule where you do the the four hours or the four days on, three days off? No, so uh, a little envious of the, that with the troopers. The, like, cert, I think SUNY PD, who they're they're similar to us, and the, but they work on the college campuses, so they do they do that as well. But we do this time of year we do four ten hour days, which is nice. Having three days off is clutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the summertime we go back to eights, okay. but not having the weekends off is that that's tough. Because everybody's all the races are on the weekends, all the group runs are on the weekends. Nobody wants to run on a Tuesday night. Uh, you know, just it's hard to find takers for that. So uh, I'm just trying to find more opportunities to be able to do things during the week. I do a lot of a lot of nighttime runs by myself. With I get the headlamp out and go run around Caledonia. Oof. Yeah, it's all flat too. It's got to be the. I, in my head, it seemed like a good place to live, but I, I coming from Fairport before that. I had the Crescent Trail and the Green or the uh, the Canal Trail, and I I used to love just like running the canal over to the to Indian Hills area. I'd jump on, get to get on the Crescent there, and then I could run up to Woodcliffe or wherever. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. So now I'm looking at now I run like the Greenway because I'm not too far from the Greenway Trail, and it sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. It's so it's so flat and boring. It's nice if you're biking, but uh, running the Greenway Trail is awful. Oh, you just you just. Uh put a stake in Valone's heart, man. Oh, really? He's Valone? a Greenway runner? Oh, he loves the Greenway, man. That's our property, too. That's like that's under our, our office and our jurisdiction, so I feel like I should promote it more. But you should uh, embrace it. I, yeah. You know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. You can, you can love Letchworth as much as you can love the Greenway. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, and I, yeah, I'm just far enough from Letchworth in like 25 minutes, so it goes back to you don't yeah. want to drive more than you're running. So, yeah. you know, if I'm only going to go for an hour, an hour and a half, it's hard to... Plus, I work there, so you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go to work to run. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the other part. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think I think like you said, you're you're adjusting. This year is going to be a little bit more of an adjustment, though. You know, yeah. you're still young, though, man. It's not like it's not like you're 33. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm a whopping 31. So I mean, I'm, I I. I keep getting, you know, keep thinking like, oh, there's good runners in their 40s and 50s for sure. Like, I know, I know guys that are crushing it, so it gives me something to look forward to in a few years. It's it's this this point where I think I should start. I really need to stop doing so many miles, you know. I think I'm, I think I'm working too hard. <laughs> I think you need to get a gym down in your basement. Yeah, yeah. I had one for a hot minute and I got rid of it because I never used it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna, I was gonna start lifting again. I got like a punching bag because I used to, I used to do like a little boxing. I was like, I'm gonna get into this again. Yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't happen. I gave I gave my weights to to Weldon. Did so, you? Yeah. yeah, he's putting him, actually. He he. I was gonna say he's putting him to good use, but he looked when I saw him at zero SPF. He looked really fit. He looked. Yeah, he's looked, he's working on it. He's got his diet dialed in and everything. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. he's impressive. Um, I definitely. He's up to about uh, 15 miles a week, too. Now. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Is he like me is with his yeah. training? He's just right real, now, yeah. You, got, you guys could build up together. There you go. You know, you go. that could be an unstoppable force. <laughs> the, the long hair and the short hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks way better doing it, though. He, he's he's so smooth. Like a- Andy Frank is another one that's just, you know, I, he just runs so smooth. You see certain people, and you're like, man, I wish I could do that. Or, da- or Davin. I, I remember when I first met Davin, I think it was at Sagahunda, and he's coming down one of the downhill sections. Like, dude, this guy is, this guy is got on. He's got it, you know? Yeah. He's like an angel. He's got those, <laughs> 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 he's got those flexible ankles. That's why. Yeah. He, he doesn't have to break stride. His ankles are just two rubber bands. He's like Gumby. Yeah. He yeah. just he, he doesn't the bottom half of his body doesn't have to adjust at all, you know. <laughs> just runs over the top. Maybe yeah. it is that angelic thing. It is, yeah. I run like a Clydesdale. You could, <laughs> or tra- uh, Travis Mooney one time was like, I was coming up on him. He's like, I can I can tell it to you because like my footfalls are so they were so heavy. I'm working on that, but it was like, you know, it was like a horse coming up on you. Well, that's how I was saying. You look like you were like a freight train coming down that hill at at uh, damn good. I was like, I gotta get out of the yeah. way here. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has yeah. to be fast. Right? I don't know if this tree is thick enough. Hide <laughs> <laughs> <can't> behind it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's been. Uh, it's it's definitely it's good. Things are going well. We are. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back and uh, getting into some races. Like you said, Twisted Branch signed up for. I'm trying to sign up for many on the Jenny. Um, I'm signed up for Sagahunda again. So and then I'll put a hundred miler on the calendar here at some point. Wow. I mean, that's a. I'm unofficially committing to it. It's easier. <laughs> I can just say whatever I want. You can, Why not? I'm doing bad water. Who cares, right? Nobody listens to this <laughs> yeah, anyway. Exactly. So it's fine. Nobody's gonna hold me to that. So I had. Um, there were. I told people that we'd be doing a recording and I told them to ask me some questions if they, because it's so hard to get a hold of you. <laughs> I said, if you got any questions, you know, send me them along. Um, so. Is it going to be police related? <laughs> so let's see. I don't know. Um, how much does Phil love hanging out with me? Uh, who asked? <laughs> That's really important to know who asked. You? Eric asked that one. Eric? Oh, I like Eric. <laughs> okay, that's good enough. Um, a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah, let's see. How much credit does he want for setting up many on the Jenny for me? I guess you, you took none. Yeah, none. Um, does he feel sexier in a towpath speed suit or a police uniform? Oh, that's tough. I know. I think I, we've already talked about the towpath Yeah, uniform. I feel sexier in the towpath one, but I get hit on a lot more when I'm wearing the, the, cop, the cop uniform, so... All right. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, okay. Uh, do you have a, um, if the life training resources stars aligned, I would love to run blank. Is this Eric asking? No, this is not. Okay. Uh, man, obviously, and I'd, I'd have to do a hundred before I could say this, but something, something like Western States or hard rockers, you know, yeah. one of the big ones, one of the big I'm, prestigious ones. Yeah. I, I, I really like the, destination races i haven't done a ton of them but uh i'd love to do something like that so but more realistically i guess it would be uh like twisted branches is obviously pretty doable all right so now this one you gotta you gotta do some homework here okay all right i've got notes <laughs> this I'm one unprepared. I, no you don't even have to worry about this one. <laughs> all right in a in a highlander style there can only be one survivor combat battle <laughs> <laughs> who comes out as the winner your competitors are philip the second 
uh, Herod Philip, uh, the killer of John the Baptist, Phil Collins, Philip K. Dick, Philip Glass, Phil Knight, Punxsutawney Phil, Phil Hartman, Phil Spector, or Philip J. Fry. Well, given that some of those, uh, some of those obviously haven't fared so well in life and aren't making it anymore, uh, I think Poxitani. Actually, <laughs> I might say Philip J. Fry. You know, he's got that. He's he's just he's so uh, unaware of everything that I think he might just survive by sheer stupidity. So, by just that yeah. letting everybody else kill themselves. Yeah, why not? He just kind of lay back and do his own thing. All right. Well, there you go. There's there's the deep questions of, of the listener this, these are the listeners folks <laughs> nice I, uh, well, I'm glad I could answer some questions so if anybody <laughs> wants if anyone wants to go run three miles with me let me know <laughs> honestly if if you've never seen Phil running at you full speed in the middle of a race with his tri shirt unzipped uh, yeah there's there's no describing it that that alone is worth the the price of admission to damn good trail race right there chances are he's going to be running at you at some point since it's an out and back and you just yeah gotta see it um be sure to check out the episode show notes at running inside out podcast.com slash zero five nine for links to the some of the topics in this episode like Mike Weldon, um, the Medved panel discussion, many on the Jenny, um, the Trails Rock app, uh, and information on how to get in on that new Shout Inside Out segment. You can also find links to our Strava Run Group and the Slack channel. And again, thank you to all of this month's Patreon supporters. If you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. My kids do need those rose petals and that uh, Perrier at their aid station. So um, check out the homepage or the show notes and click the Patreon banner. Please know that any amount of support is appreciated. Thank you. Keep in mind, the number one way you can always support the show is just tell a friend and help them subscribe. I don't pay to advertise this show anywhere. And... um, Telling a friend about it is the best way. And if they seem interested uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Just just take their phone, take it, and physically subscribe them to the podcast. Don't let them walk away without hearing it. I mean, just snatch it. You know they're not going to do it when they get home. Just like do it right there for them, and they'll be so thankful. Don't let them walk away without hearing the podcast. Well, don't do any of that without their permission. It's not nice to take people's phones. People's react, people react really poorly to that kind of thing. Just, just don't do it. Um, okay, one last thing. I'm always interested in your comments and feedback on the show, even if I don't say it every episode. Like, send me some stuff. Um, please drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know your thoughts. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.